Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, or what happens when a bunch of millennials set out to rank every episode of The Kids in the Hall, but get easily distracted. We'll be reviewing every episode of the show, and while we're at it, we'll be answering the important questions like, do you wish Scott Thompson was your mom? And what's that movie with the dying newspaper magnate? I'm Hans Seidemann from Prince Rupert, Canada, and I'll be hosting today's episode where we cover season one, episode three, which originally aired on November 7th, 1989. I'm joined today by Trevor Record and Stuart Derek Kotick in Vancouver. Hi, guys. Hello. Salutations. Excellent. And joining <laughs> us from London, England, we have Kalina McCortoff. Cheerio. Wonderful. Well, now that everyone's here, let's run through the episode's sketches. Today we're looking at Dave Foley as a down-on-his-luck gunslinger selling caramel corn. A slapstick bit with Scott and Dave as electrical workers that turns into a twisted PSA about gorilla murder from Kevin, <laughs> as they do so often. Uh, a recurring bit about some hooligans who follow a mild-mannered businessman to his grave and learn something about themselves along the way. Aww. Citizen Kane, in which Dave and Kevin argue over the name of a classic movie. A bit of noir narration from Mark about a modern-day hero. And a ham so salty, it results in a household pork ban. <laughs> so, uh, I think there's a couple standout sketches in this episode. Uh, so, I wanted to uh, get everyone's opinion on what their favorites were. So, uh, let's get right into it. Which was the best? Uh, I'll kick us off by saying that for me, I think it's Citizen Kane. Uh, yes. Dave is at his best. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dave's at his best when he's playing that schlocky kind of idiot asshole, um, which he does to perfection here. Uh, and Kevin is the straight man who loses his cool is always a reliably good bit. Um, it doesn't have the same level of memorable one-liners as the salty ham, but overall, I think it just edges it out as kind of a better constructed sketch. Salty ham. <laughs> I'm sal- I am salty oh, about this. <laughs> I'm very salty too. I, I don't want the name of salty ham drugged through the mud because it's apples to oranges. <laughs> salty ham. How many? How many metaphors can you cram? How many that food one, metaphors can you do? <laughs> I'm going to pack them all in like sardines in a can. Oh, Uh, that's our boy. (laughs) So Salty Ham is barely a sketch. (laughs) It's like happening in marital beds across the planet every night. And it's only funny because we're given enough emotional distance. Um, Citizen Kane is definitely an actual sketch. But Salty Ham gets right to the core of family tragedy that we know and love from uh, Kids in the Hall. So that's that's why it gets my vote, anyhow. Um, and yeah, you're right, Citizen Kane's one of the best Kevin and David scenes in the run of the entire show, even though we, we get so many from them. But uh, Citizen Kane also has one of the best pairings of uh, Bruce and, uh, sorry, Scott. I think you mean salty ham. Salty ham. Yes, that's what I. Sorry. So, so oh are you pro, are you pro salty ham or are you pro Citizen Kane for best? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which? Oh, one? I'm pro. I'm I'm pro salty ham. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, because I was going to come and berate you in the middle of the night. No, no. About Citizen the Kane's you a good sketch. <laughs> but Can you salty berate him ham with a food related metaphor. Things that are happening it. in our homes every day. <laughs> yeah, I see. Okay, I'm with I'm with you on this one because salty ham. There's something about it that I just think is so. 
like upsetting <laughs> and i love that <laughs> he's just like the bruce character was it gordon gordon yeah is so unbelievably petulant <laughs> and there's this like weird code of civil non-civility where he's like i won't say you're a bad wife you're just a terrible cook and i hate you like <laughs> he's so antagonistic and i just love it it was a little salty deer like <laughs> We've we've talked about this in future episodes. Spoiler to those who are following the show, we've recorded some of these out of order. But I love the idea of Br- all of Bruce's characters just being different uh, ages of the same character. That like petulant adult Bruce who's mad about salty ham is the same Bruce who runs away from home because this, the oh. ham is is effing good. <laughs> of, <laughs> so fucking, well, that's just that's, that's by how, forty years. That's how he knows the salty ham is no good. He's had fucking good ham, and this is not <laughs> yes. it. Yes. I love that. I love that. We've we've linked all of the timelines. I like that like Hans is suggesting that all of Bruce's characters at different ages actually exist in the same continuity and are the same character too. Oh, you're not familiar with the what about, and he, the he, Bruce it totally multiverse? Was, yeah, and like the, the fuck the bank guy, that was definitely <laughs> that's, post that's, fucking good ham. That's the skid kid, but like 10 years later, but like 20 years before Salty Ham. Yes. That was when he was yet. making money in his first job out of college and he was thought he was the shit. And then he realized that, you know, life is just a series of concessions and then, uh, you know, Salty Ham. And it all started with Gavin. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you eat a quarter for a nickel. What okay, we're getting a bit we're getting a bit off track here. I oh want to hear God. from Polina about her her standout sketch here. Okay, so please do include this bit. So I do think that we should create some sort of YouTube playlist where we put together the Bruce timeline. But aside from that, <laughs> on the strong episode, it's totally the Citizen Kane sketch. So I mean, prior to planning this podcast, I did put together a welcome package YouTube list of sketches for friends who had never gotten into Kids in the Hall. Aww. This was definitely high up there. And, you know, it's the film familiar setup. Um, makes it really easy to jump into. The pop culture references to cult classic films gives it a smart edge. And then you ease into some of the more bizarre kids in the hall humor when Kevin stabs David Foley's hand to the table so he can prove him wrong by reading through the TV listings. Um, And then we really jump in with two feet when Dave refuses to agree that he needs an ambulance for his hand uh, with then Kevin stabbing him in the chest multiple times saying, you know what you want? You want a mortician. You want a mortician. And it's just, it's just, it's one of those slow build frog and boiling water absurdist sketches that I think really gears you up for some of the weirder shit that they do. And so I, you know, in my view is just such a classic kids in the hall appetizer. And I imagine it will probably stay in my top skits by the time we finish this podcast 25 years from now. Food metaphors. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I'll, I will say Kalina that uh, I'm fully on board for your uh, YouTube video string yes. on a wall. Tracking this is a collaboration. It wasn't, I feel like it wasn't my idea. I kind of just jumped on organizing it on the back of your, your guys' uh, suggestions. Hey. So I think it's got to be a team collaboration here. <laughs> Wherever it came from, I'm just happy it's going to happen. Whoop. So mm-hmm. uh, moving on to our next uh, segment here, which I've kind of tentatively titled, You Have to Be Canadian. Uh, and what I wanted to talk about here was um, this kind of idea about 
uh, the kids in the hall and their Canadianness. So the hooligan bits for me are kind of a good example of the kids using Canadian culture for gags. It's this joke that kind of runs throughout the bit that uh, seems to be that Dave's exceeding politeness gets taken advantage of over and over again, but he wins some sort of moral victory in the end by being so friendly and lovable. Uh, and to me, that really felt like this very Canadian idea of politeness. Um, and so I was wondering, do, is that a bit or do these kinds of bits only work for us Canucks because we live those kinds of tropes? Or am I reading way too much into this sketch? Trevor, what do you think? <laughs> well, I, I actually read that particular skit as being kind of reminiscent of Monty Python a little bit, too. So mm. maybe it's a little bit British as well, which is like, oh, just ignore them and then they'll go away. And then they hound him for his entire <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they do do kind of have that um, string going through them. I, I think Kalina had something to say about this, but there's also sort of like a like they're being treated like a wild animal, kind of like <laughs> wildlife advice. The pack of hooligans. Mm -hmm. Just walk away. Don't lo don't make eye contact. Just, yeah, very much so. That's a pretty good Dave delivery on that one, too, though. In other words, just like, just walk away. They're as frightened as you, as you are now. <laughs> I gotta tell you, though, Hans, I don't think you get to have moral victories after you die. I'm pretty sure the counter just ends on that one once you're in the coffin. <laughs> I don't know. I, the, I mean, Canada's idea, I feel like, is to have the moral victory after we die, but just to never die, right? So we'll never have the moral victory. <laughs> but I yeah, think just... we also see it from the hooligans' perspective. Like, even Canadian hooligans, they're all just softies at heart. Like, that's really mm. the Canadian mantra, isn't it? <laughs> We're all just good. I, I hear what you're saying. I think you're reading too much into this one, Hans, because like I, I take your point, but I think this is like the master's level lit edition. On first blush, <laughs> I'm just like, eh, it's like some hooligans. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Dudes in leather jackets. I never think of Canadians for that. If it was a real Canadian gang, they'd be wearing the, uh, the denim and just being real hosers. Mm, true. Maybe I'm trying to make a, a grad thesis out of uh, out of uh, a penny comic, but um... <laughs> no. But I, I mean, no. I totally agree with you, though. I think I think Dave Foley's character just trying to be like, no, we're not going to fight back. Yes, they're bothering us at the dinner table, but you know, just just ignore them. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's also just reminiscent of that typical like British attempt at a stiff upper lip, but just again with that Canadian twist. Mm -hmm. I think British people would, you know, bring the queen into it or something but you know here we are <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's not so much a it's a canadian thing so much as it's a commonwealth thing uh -huh. maybe that's what yeah. i'm getting at oh, the maybe. Commonwealth. <laughs> well we'll take the we'll take the kids in the hall down to the commonwealth games uh mm. and uh, and see how they they fare down there they must have had some appearance at some point for the last 30 years like they must really have shown up at the commonwealth in some form or another <laughs> or I would expect that the Commonwealth Games must have made an appearance in Kids in the Hall at some point, but I can't think of any instance off the top of my head, so I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out for that so I can, I can remind everyone about this episode three seasons earlier when we get there. So That said, I do think that Salty Ham is extremely Canadian in its portrayal of domestic <laughs> squabbles. That like, one I will, no I will go for you punches with. thrown or anything, it's just passive-aggressive smoldering. You come from a long line of bad cooks. Yeah. <laughs> and just the vitriol in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> this is a good a good opportunity to point out that there was uh, and just get it into our podcast canon that there was in the 1980s a Canadian board game uh, called Personal Preference, oh, uh, where the, the the general the general uh, point of the game was for people to select cards from a series of categories and then rank their their personal preference of each, and that their friends and family members would then guess and and bet on on whether they understood their their friends and family better. Oh my God. And in the classic category food, uh, it was just so delightfully 80s, the food choices you could rank from. So there would just be like cured ham or like like chicken a la king or like lobster (laughs) thermidor or whatever. And it was just all these dishes that you would never see on a on a menu anymore. And and anyways, the I feel like salty ham would fit right into that board game. So for any of you (laughs) weird Canadiana people, you should definitely go look it up. I didn't know that was a Canadian game, but it makes sense why I hate it so much. It's such an Mm -hmm. like just an asinine exercise to be like, what does Hans like better? Salty ham or cricket? Like, <laughs> or, yeah, or algebra <laughs> or, or al- doing taxes. Isn't this well, I just know. like the family version of newlyweds? I mean, could be. Oh. The, uh, uh, Stu, I'm surprised you didn't know it was Canadian because it has both French and English on the cards. Oh, shit. <laughs> I should have known. Good call. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, another, another uh, divergence there. Let's, uh, let's get this train back on the, Stations <laughs> back in the cookie train. Wow, let's, uh, let's pick up those pickles rolling down the hill. Yeah, I want to um, stick with the food theme. Okay, guys, <laughs> we're getting let's, more absurd with our <laughs> let's take this bun out of the oven. There we go. Okay, um, so let's move on to our next segment, uh, which uh, I believe Kalina titled Kids Say the Fucking Darndest Things, uh, where we'll talk about our favorite quote from the episode. So for me, sliding a bit under the radar in this episode is Mark McKinney with his hilarious noir monologue of the modern day hero. Um, and for me, it's his delivery uh, alone that really absolutely makes this sketch. And if it weren't for the other two solid entries in this episode, he'd be in the running for top sketch, I think, too. But um, but even with the competition, I think he gets the best line of the whole episode, in my opinion, when out of nowhere, he just shouts, thank God, I'm not a diabetic. <laughs> Which, again, just the delivery. I mean, I, 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 there's something in that line that just made my whole brain go off in fireworks. I loved it. I, love so, I mean, I, I honestly don't remember ever having seen this sketch before, and I have rewatched like Kids in the Hall on YouTube a million times before we decided to do this podcast. But hilariously, there's a there's a family story here, and I and I do have Ooh. to ask my dad about this, but. A family, so I, I don't know whether I was born at this point, how young I might have been, but I've heard this at least twice. So a family friend of ours had a doctor's appointment, but needed a ride to town. Mm. So my dad took her in. And that day it, it was actually confirmed that she did have diabetes and would need to be, you know, taking insulin for the rest of her life. And she's obviously really bummed out. But I guess they were just driving with the radio on. And, you know, before my dad just absolutely screeched to a halt, reached over flung open the door and said, get out, you fucking diabetic. And thankfully, (laughs) this was met with relief and laughter rather than confusion and tears. So, I mean, my dad has a completely whacked sense of humor, and I'm sure Kids in the Hall probably played a part. So (laughs) I'll have to side with you on this quote, and I will report back on whether this had any influence Mm. on that day. Please do, please do. I, I mean, I'm happy to have an ally on the uh, on the Mark McKinney diabetic quote, but that that's a <laughs> that's a yeah. I can see where you get your Real level of from. Real life sure. Canadian comedy mm-hmm. sure. playing out in Gilpin, British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trevor, what about you? Uh, I mean, Bruce really steals the day with, I am tired. I am salty. I require silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I... We say this either in the past or in the future, uh, Trevor, but your Bruce delivery is just always majestic. I love it so much. Somewhere in the Bruce multiverse, there is a Trevor. (laughs) Trevor has come up one of the iterations of Bruce McCullough. He's the Bob in Reboot come back from the internet of Bruce's. (laughs) So you guys took my my favorites because I love... You guys know how much I love Salty Ham. So I, I want to point out some of the weirder lines I think are really funny. Like I like at the end of the gorilla mm-hmm. scene where Kevin McDonald just yells, let the slaughter begin! <laughs> and then it just cuts. <laughs> After a uh, whole diatribe about <laughs> saving about, gorillas. Yeah, about saving how many gorillas. die per minute and during just, one sketch? How long can we, can we drag this out to kill the maximum amount of gorillas? <laughs> <laughs> That was a good, like, surreal moment. Um, That's a nice Kevin line, for sure. I, I really like, I expected a normal ham meal, not voodoo pork. Yes. I think it's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> and this one doesn't stand up because, I think we'll come to these ones later, and this made me feel weird, but for just made me laugh at how r- absurd it was in the Tufts skit. The Tufts come to his office and start roughing up his assistant. And they go, who's this? The office darky? But it's just like oh, a regular no. Canadian dude. And they all just look more <laughs> baffled than I'm like insulted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing God. with that one, Stu, is, and I don't, I'm not sure if any of the rest of you thought this as well, but so I heard it that way, and I almost thought about having us talk about that sketch as kind of a like, oh, this was a weird moment in the episode. Mm. But when I looked at the transcripts from the episode, which admittedly are like not perfect and are fan sourced, I think mm-hmm. it said the office. What did it say? The office donkey. Donkey. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, and I was I like, okay, maybe if that's it, then it's not really weird. I mean, neither about, of them make sworn any sense. <laughs> yeah, true. But super weird. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I thought that it kind of it was a, a, a real like reality breaking moment for me watching this again. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Donkey. All right. I, I'd actually like to call out. There's a very good call, cold open from uh, David Foley, a rare good David Foley bit. <laughs> very beginning too where he's a uh, gunslinger and he says not much call for a gunfighter nowadays and then he turns around and he's got a bicycle push cart filled with candy (laughs) (laughs) and he goes hot cashews caramel corn gun for hire candy apples i bet tech took his job i rank this sketch so low but i think i didn't hear him say gun for hire really his pitch (laughs) yeah exactly i was like okay he just sells candy now but that's awesome if he's selling candy and gun for hire. oh he is but it's like it's like fourth on his list of things that he has now (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really a value add well you know get your lollipops and while you're at it need anyone murdered yeah town defending Two for one. Two for one. It's like one of those places that just does shoe repair and keys cutting. You also, you know, get your gun gun shooting needs there too. Love that. I need more small town shoe repair stores because my one small town shoe repair store has closed. Aww. No they cut key keys? cutting. Yeah, no, we have a, we have a whole locksmith. Somehow we we're a town that can support a locksmith, but not a shoe store. Mm. <laughs> wow, it's a weird. One. All all people in Prince Rupert just running around barefoot now. Yeah, we just put sacks of flour on our feet, like <laughs> God intended. Heavily Taping. locked doors, <laughs> Taping keys to their feet. <laughs> oh man, that horrifies me. <laughs> 
Well, on that note, <laughs> we've come to the end of our review of Season 1, Episode 3, so join us next week where Stu will be hosting as we run through all the Daves we know and wonder why Scott hates the Swiss so much. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.